We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And the 49ers are undefeated. They're undefeated despite not having deep breath. Quarterback Trey Lance, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, running back Elijah Mitchell, running back Jeff Wilson, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver Debo Samuel, tight end George Kittle, tight end Charlie Warner, O-line Daniel Brunskill, O-line Jake Brendel, O-line Mike McGlinchey, O-line Trent Williams, offensive lineman Jalen Moore, offensive lineman Colton McKivitz. Another deep breath, defensive lineman Sam Tanebukam, defensive lineman Nick Bosa, defensive lineman Eric Armstead, linebacker Aziz Alshair, linebacker Fred Warner, linebacker Dre Greenlaw, linebacker Curtis Robinson, quarterback Emmanuel Mosley, cornerback Traverius Ward, defensive back Jimmy Ward, quarterback Dante Johnson, and safety Talanoa Hufanga. Despite not having those players, they're still undefeated. I'm just having a little fun. But yes, all those players I just listed did not play in the 49ers week two preseason game, but it didn't matter. I'm over here getting hype about preseason. I'm not really getting hype. I'm just choosing to have fun with it. 49ers beating the Vikings in Minnesota 17 to 7. They were down 7 to 6 going into halftime. I believe going into half. No, they had converted a third down. Before halftime, I think they were one of six on third downs going into halftime. And then the 49ers finished going seven of 16 on third downs, which is respectable. So it's like, I think the 49ers were almost aces on the second half in terms of third down. The 49ers had 21 first downs. The Vikings had 13. The 49ers had 344 yards. The Vikings had 195. The 49ers ran 74 plays. The Vikings ran 50. The 49ers averaged 4.6 yards of play. The Vikings, 3.9. I can go on and on. The 49ers essentially owning every statistic of this game, including the penalties. 49ers having 10 for 65 yards. As you can see, a lot of five-yard penalties. The Minnesota Vikings only had two for 13 yards. So definitely going to be a point of emphasis for Kyle Shanahan moving forward. They had quite a few penalties. 
Uh, they only punted the ball 14, four times, 14. So you're punting the ball 14 times in a game. You are in trouble. You didn't score a damn point. Whereas the Minnesota Vikings punted seven times. The 49, the biggest statistic, one of the biggest statistics I always look at, and the biggest one from this game is the 49ers had the ball for 37 minutes and 45 seconds compared to Arizona's 22-15. That is a, that's a massive stat. The 49ers almost had the ball twice as much as the Minnesota Vikings. And in a 60-minute football game, that makes all the difference in the world. So, just to hit this up front, I remember telling you guys about this after last week's preseason game. I think I even mentioned it in the last podcast, but I also mentioned it last week's after the Packers game. My, my, I'm adding S's to all kinds of words that don't need S's. Just bear with me here. After the game, I'm going. I said I was going to put out a tweet saying, "Hey, what are your takeaways? Takeaway time. Give them to me." So if you reply to that tweet, which quite a few of you do, I'm actually just going to open it up right now for um, for simplicity's sake, then I am going to hit your takeaways uh, at the end of the episode. Now, the only thing I'm going to do between now and then is go over my takeaways, which won't be ter- terribly long. It was a preseason game, which, as you can see, nearly every single starter, not all, but nearly every single starter didn't play. So with you kind of kind of have to keep that in mind before you react too glowingly or harshly about anything that happened just given the the situation that these players are in now there's always the flip side of that coin you can say well none of the starters are in and then i would say well they're not going against starters either so there's always that that side of things but some pretty solid performances today and again I'm just kind of setting the setting the scene for my takeaways. I don't want you to think that I mean I'm going to talk about things with enthusiasm. I don't want you guys to be bored as hell on the po- podcast. But just realize it is the preseason. I'm not trying to make things bigger or smaller than they are, but you know, we're still going to have fun with it. So, let's get started. The first thing I've got on here is Javon Kinlaw. I don't have a snap count. Let me see what he ended the game with, because Javon Kinlaw was playing quite a bit there towards the beginning of the game. I don't think he played in the second half, but he ended up with one tackle, uh, one combined tackle, and he did have a sack and a tackle for loss. Now, I believe the sack automatically tallies as a quarterback hit and a tackle for loss. But um, the one thing, and I that was very encouraging. Again, I don't have a snap count. I wish I had a snap count for Javon Kinlaw right now. I'm kind of, as I'm talking, perusing through the NFL's statistical website to see what they have. I'm pretty sure they don't have snap counts on here, though. So I must say, despite the sack, which was impressive, almost a safety, I kind of expected more from Javon Kinlaw. Now, big pump the brakes. He's obviously working his way back into game shape, getting used to game action. After missing most of last season, we just talked in the last podcast about the dude looks like an absolute freak. He's in great shape. And like, you know, he's easing himself back into the mix. I just, you know, going, it's the preseason. I don't know how many of the Minnesota Vikings offensive linemen that started the game were actual starters. I'm assuming not many, kind of how the 49ers approached it. But outside of that sack, I did see a quarterback pressure in there. I kind of just expected more from Kinlaw. Once I saw that he was in the game, I was like, damn, okay, let's, let's see what he can do against maybe some less than 
starting caliber competition. But again, they could have been starters, um, but didn't see much from them. That being said, it's still a very positive step in the right direction in an extremely important year for Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, as, as much as I don't feel like it'll happen, he's going to be eligible for a contract extension after the season. It's always after the end of their third year. Now, he's dealt with some injuries, so he hasn't really set himself up for that kind of discussion yet, but a huge season this year could you know, at the very least, you've got the 49ers having to make a decision about Javon Kinlaw's first year option. So as as trivial trivial as the preseason may sound sometimes, I feel like those were important snaps for Javon Kinlaw. Um, oh, excuse me, Kinlaw. I don't need to keep saying both of his names over and over. Anyways, big snaps for Kinlaw. Didn't exactly see the dominance I would expect, but again, I'm also prefacing that with saying that he's still kind of working his way back in, and the sack was impressive, and he's the only player on the defense that got a sack. So... No matter what, you have to be encouraged about seeing that. And hopefully he can build upon it. And you got to think about it this way. If Javon Kinlaw's on that line, uh, along with no other starters, Nick Bosa's not out there, Eric Armstead's not out there, Samson Ebicam's not out there, uh, take take your pick. Then, uh, you know, of course, he's going to get some attention. So I'm definitely not trying to be discouraging about what he did. I just thought maybe it was an opportunity to really put some some cool shit on tape. Anybody put out a sack. So, I mean, I guess I guess he did. Quarterbacks look pretty solid. My next takeaway, quarterbacks look pretty solid. Not bad. Uh, now, again, it's preseason. They're not going up against starters. But Brock Purdy and Nate Sudfeld combined to go 27 of 40, which is 67.5%. Very solid. 230 yards. One touchdown, no turnovers. There was one turnover, excuse me. We can kind of talk about that in a little bit. And a combination of a 90.6 quarterback rating. Now, while I've got it in my head, I've got to say, um, Brock Purdy went 14 of 23, which is only 60%, just under 61%. But he had at least three drops, maybe more, that were bad drops too. Not like Brock Purdy set him up with a tough throw and maybe the receiver should have caught it. They were just all solid passes from Purdy, and there were quite a few drops. So I'm not, you know, I, I want to say that. Not that I think these completion percentages are the end-all, be-all of what you saw, but I did think it was a solid game for the 49ers quarterbacks. I thought they looked good. Now, one thing I've got to say is, if you watch that game, was it just me, or did Purdy look like he's got a little bit of, like, nice to him? Like, he did a few things where I was like, damn, okay, Purdy. Like, he had one, he was getting, he was rolling left, getting pursued by a defensive end in the flat, and he just put together this nice pump fake, got the defensive end to jump and essentially fall over and left him all alone. He tried to, now, he followed that up with kind of a goofy moment. He tried to run it into the end zone. He kind of tried to go heads up with either like a safety or a linebacker. Could have even been a corner, doesn't matter. Brock Purdy's not a big dude, and he tried to go heads up with an NFL defender and was met at the line, and, and he didn't get deleted or anything, but it, it, he didn't get anywhere. At the same time, though, I thought that play was impressive. He just shows like a smoothness to him. Uh, a few, uh, quite a, I don't know how many plays it was earlier. It wasn't that much. It was definitely second half. He had a across the body. He was rolling out to his right, getting pressured, had a cross the body throw to a tight end. 
uh, that gained a little bit of yards. It wasn't a huge play, but it was. He just has some some smoothness to him. He was throwing a good ball. He was accurate. He seemed composed. He's pretty quick and nimble when he needs to get out of the pocket. He outran plenty of of defenders for the edge during this game. So I thought I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. Now again, it's a third string quarterback going up against third string defenders, but I, I was still pretty impressed. Uh, Nate Sudfeld had a great, very predictably great game. I feel like, especially in a backup type role in the preseason, Nate Sudfeld's, you know, one of the the better players in that situation at quarterback. Just, he just, he's, he just seems like he's comfortable. I guess if that makes sense, despite the 49ers offensive line, not being all that great, he still completed 13 of 17, seven or for, you know, that's 76%, 102 yards. He averaged more yards attempt, per attempt than Purdy. So he was still slinging it, and he threw a pretty good touchdown to Jamichael Hasty on an option route up next to the uh, the goal line. Hasty ran to the right, uh, basically had a linebacker right in front of him, and if it's an option route, he's choosing whether he wants to go in or out. And Kyle Shanahan's talked in the past about how he likes option routes. Hasty cut it inside. Nate Field put a Nate Sudfield put a Nate Field. I'm just combining his first and last names for the sake of speed. Put it right on him, right on him about his belt buckle and. Uh, Hasty caught it for six. That was the only touchdown of the game. No, it was not. The Vikings had one. 49ers only touchdown of the game. That's what I meant to say. So I thought both quarterbacks put together a pretty good game. They were enjoyable to watch. I'll put it that way. Like There wasn't a whole lot from both of these quarterbacks that you kind of cringed at. Now, on the reverse of that, you had Kellen Mond, who is an early-round draft pick, a quarterback that they kind of saw as somebody who could eventually replace Kirk Cousins. Yeah, well, he only completed 10 of 20. That's 50% for 82 yards and two interceptions. And neither of them were great. So it's, um, you know, you have that contrast. And both Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy have way less clout, I guess you can say, than Kellen Mond, but they looked much, much better. Mond looked pretty lost out there. So you've got that going for him. I just, I thought, you know, I just think it's worth mentioning the quarterbacks. Now, I'm going to, again, pumping the brakes. I think it was Tim Ryan talking after the game about possibly keeping both of these quarterbacks. You do not need to do that. We've had enough of the keeping two backup quarterbacks. Uh, we had the, you know, um, freaking Jimmy Garoppolo's backup quarterbacks. You y'all know who I'm talking about. I, I have to memorize way too many names. Just keep in mind, I'm also a teacher, so I have to memorize those names too. So if I ever just, you know, C.J. Beathard, uh, Nick Mullins, there you go. But if you if I ever stumble on names and you're a listener of the podcast, just remember that I'm a school teacher and a football coach. So I have to remember all of my team's names, all of my students' names, and all of these players' names. So I'm definitely giving myself an excuse in and out there to just mess up on names every now and then. We've also got some competition at running back. It, it's interesting back there. Now, the what I have to lean, lean off with, for the second week in a row, Trey Sermon was just whatever. Now, there I, got, I saw a lot of comments on Twitter because uh, I, I posted a, a great clip of Ty Davis Price, the 49ers rookie running back, posted a clip of Jordan Mason, another 49ers rookie running back, undrafted that both of them have been unwell. And a lot of the comments were better cut cut sermon for these guys. And I understand where that's coming from. I really do. But you got to, you know, 
Trey Sermon's a third round pick. That's a day two draft pick. Teams want to hold on to players like that as long as they can to see if their development just takes longer than some. But not every player develops at the same pace. So it wouldn't surprise me if the 49ers hold on to Trey Sermon this year. I expect them to. And it's going to upset some fans if they were fans of the player that gets released in lieu of Trey Sermon. So I'm just kind of preparing you for that. If they go a different way and they don't keep Sermon, would I also be surprised? No, not really. Like, I could see why they would do it. But you got to keep in mind, too, I watched Trey Sermon for a good chunk of the offseason, and he looked good. He looked quick. He looked nimble. Now, the big thing that I that I saw in training camp is he looked decisive. In both of these games against the Packers and the Vikings, Vikings he hasn't looked that decisive. Sermon had six carries for 11 yards against the Packers. That's 1.8 yards a carry. And then against the Vikings, he had five carries for eight yards. That's 1.6 yards. So that's not good. Brock Purdy had better rushing numbers than Trey Sermon. So that's that's something worth keeping an eye on. Now, again, it's preseason. Sermon's a third-round pick. They're not just going to cut bait that quickly. But you got to compare that to what we saw from Jamichael Hasty. He only had three carries, but they went for 15 yards. That's five yards a carry. He also had Hasty had uh, a catch for a touchdown and looked decent. Sermon also had a catch for four yards. But you got it. What I was going to say is so you've got Sermon's five carries for eight yards. Then you've got Ty Davis Price, 10 carries for 41 yards. That's 4.1 yards per carry. He also authored a very impressive, I think it was a 14, 15 yard run. Would have gone on Good Morning Football, football's Angry Runs segment with Kyle Brandt, which is incredible, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Angry Runs. Just look up Angry Runs on YouTube. There's pro- they're, they're probably just chilling there, and it's so entertaining. So a rookie, Ty Davis Price, had 10 carries for 41 yards and put together a 14-yard angry run highlight. Then you had Jordan Mason, their undrafted free agent out of Georgia Tech, I believe. He got nine carries for 57 yards at 6.3 yards a carry. 17 carry was 17 yards was his longest carry. I also posted a clip from his performance. He looked really good, and he's also looked really good, I felt like, throughout training camp. Mason's just looked Good. I mean, in last week against the Packers, he had six carries for 30 yards. That's five yards a carry. It would not be surprised me if the 49ers are giving Mason a serious thought. He may have done enough to get scooped up if they try to put him on the practice squad. If they try and release him, another team might add him to their mix. Now, again, you got to realize if a team cuts a player as part of their moving down to 53 players, if another team picks them up, they have to go on their 53-man roster. Okay? Has to. So there's always that. and then, But there's the fact that maybe the player survives roster cuts. They get added to the practice squad. Another player poaches them. But, again, it just would not surprise me if Mason is giving the 49ers something to think about there. It's never as simple as, well, he's just looked great. Let's just keep him and cut this person. It, it's rarely that simple. There's a lot that goes on in the building. These guys watch these games in far more detail than we do. So I'm just kind of trying to pump my brakes on the whole thing. Like Mason's look good in these two pre two preseason games late in the game. So let's cut a third round pick. It could be that simple. It probably isn't. So point being, 
49ers have got good stuff going on at running back. They look solid. We'll see who they end up with because I, I, my bet is they keep four running backs and Kyle Juszczyk is the fifth one. So we'll see, right? I mean, if I had to just give it to you, I'd say Ty Davis Price or Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis Price, Trey Sermon, and Jeff Wilson Jr., I guess. But that's another player they're not necessarily connected to. I'm sure there's plenty of 49ers fans out there that want, would want to go with like a Mason over Jeff Wilson Jr. That puts Jermichael Hasty on the outside looking in, and he's been solid. He's also a good pass catching back. So 49ers definitely have some decisions to make at running back. Let's move on. Tight end Tanner Hudson. He is a favorite of both quarterbacks. He caught five passes for 43 yards. He had a touchdown catch against the Packers, uh, you know, as part of his two-catch performance there. He had a, just had a big game. He was the 49ers' most targeted pass catcher, and he caught the most passes. Um, it just it seemed like the – well, I mean, and you've got Ross Dwelly, who was right behind him with three catches for 38 yards. No 49ers pass catcher really had a big day. The ball was just spread around. I mean, you've got the amount of people that caught a pass. Tanner Hudson, Ross Dwelly, Malik Turner, Willie Sneed, Daniel Gray – uh, Malik Johnson, Marcus Johnson, excuse me, Tyler Croft, uh, Fumagalli, Jennings, Martin, Davis Price, Sermon, Hasty. So a lot of people caught passes, but at the top of the list was Tanner Hudson, the guy that ran by me on the sideline at training camp and messed with my phone. I just thought that was hilarious. He just came by and started punching buttons on my phone as he was running back to the huddle. Both quarterbacks are comfortable with him. He could have earned a spot on the roster. George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, Tanner Hudson. That seems like the 49ers' most likely choice of action at this point. And that's where the 49ers are, and that's where these that's where we're getting. We've only got about a week before the NFL has to or the 49ers have to start trimming these rosters. So interesting player. Seems like he's done well. Done well for himself. May have earned himself a roster spot. We'll see. He just looks solid. One thing we've gotta we've gotta talk about before I forget about it. So Danny Gray on one on the same so the 49ers were down, I believe, seven to three. Seven to six, excuse me. Threw the touchdown to Jamichael Hasty, and then they went for two. They ran a play where the tight end went out into the flat, I believe. Both defensive backs stuck with the tight end. Danny Gray came across, was wide open, caught the pass. And hit the gritty. Now, I have learned things with my replies. One, the whole point of the post was, I just thought it was hilarious that the Vikings announcers were upset that Danny Gray hit the gritty. You can go to my Twitter. I can't, I don't have the audio necessarily right here, but they're like, are you really going to hit the gritty right now? Come on, man. And it's like, one, I have learned from the replies that the gritty is apparently a Louisiana thing. That would explain where Justin Jefferson got it. And Danny Gray is from Louisiana. And Danny Gray probably has a hell of a lot of respect for Justin Jefferson and looks up to him and what he's done in the league. So there was nothing about him hitting the gritty that was like offensive. I guess you could say, oh, he's mocking just what would Danny Gray, a rookie who's never played a regular season game, have any reason to mock Justin Jefferson? So it was just so funny to hear the Vikings announcers so upset that Danny Gray, Danny Gray had hit the gritty. Uh, you know, my my middle school football players are hitting the gritty all the time. It's, it's just funny. So 
you got to check that out. They just were so salty about it in, in the weirdest way. Like, it's preseason. Have a good time. Justin Jefferson's probably smiling. Why aren't you? So if you haven't seen that, jump on my Twitter. Check it out. It's funny. It's petty. It's perfect. I, I just, I immediately, once I heard him say that, I immediately just started laughing. Some of the quote tweets and replies are hilarious. I'm not going to repeat them. Just go check them out if you want to. They're very funny. They're worth it. I wouldn't steer you there if it was a waste of time. So the Vikings defense just, or the Vikings commentators just couldn't get over the gritty. I feel bad for them. Kind of just looking through the box score, seeing if I have any more takeaways uh, before I get to your guys's. I don't want these post-game reactions to be too long, especially after a preseason game. I don't want to drag it out. Uh, uh, something I got to mention, Danny Gray looks good. And uh, I'll actually, I think I saw this in one of the takeaways. I'm, I'm going to wait to talk about Danny Gray because I think one of the takeaways has uh, kind of mentions that. And I don't want to stomp on somebody's takeaways. So here we go. As of my time, 7.56 Pacific Standard Time, I'm hitting the takeaway. So if you submit a takeaway after this point, I'm sorry. But no, right now, I'm hitting them. So without further ado, your takeaways, I'm just going from top to – actually, I'm going to go from bottom to top. First one is Frank Sports. He says, we're going to lose a good running back to cuts. And I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. No matter what you think of Trey Sermon or, you know, even if you don't think he's good, and he may not be good. We'll see how that works out in the future. He's a third-round pick, and he was pretty good in college. So you know, whether or not he works out, you still don't necessarily want a guy like that to have even been given consideration for a roster cut at this point. So you've got Jeff Wilson Jr. We know he's good, kind of struggled with injuries a little bit. You've got Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Jamichael Hasty. Tyrion Davis-Price, Ty Davis-Price. So let's just say it was Jamichael Hasty and Jordan Mason that gets cut. Two good running backs just got cut. Let's say if it was Jamichael Hasty and Trey Sermon that got cut. Good running backs got cut. You know, Jordan Mason and Trey Sermon. Whatever combination, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Trey Sermon. No matter what, to your point, Frank Sports, good running backs will be cut. So, and again... I don't think Sermon has earned the right to be a bad running back yet, but it did look like he was struggling to be decisive in the game today. It looked like he was struggling to be decisive against the Packers, and that's one of the things I saw in training camp that I thought was the most encouraging about his game was the fact that he seemed more decisive. But then when he got into the game, maybe not so much, but again, Kyle Shanahan's got to look at that, look at the film and say, you know, really dig up the truth behind the play. All right, we've got Jamie Hess. Multiple takeaways here from Jamie. Mason has that dog in him and will be running back too. So for that to be the case, an undrafted free agent running back out of Georgia Tech, which we are not underrating here in the 49ers building, we know better than that, would have to surpass Tyrion Davis-Price, Jeff Wilson, I mean, everybody else essentially, because he's at the bottom of the depth chart right now, I can tell you. So Jordan, to, to get to running back too, I'm assuming – as running back two, he would be, high, be would be behind no one else but Elijah Mitchell. So, I mean, that's a lot of work for Jordan Mason to do. But I am with you in your admiration for Jordan Mason. I think he plays the game well. One thing I need to do is get on YouTube or whatever and just watch Jordan Mason's college tape because I am impressed with the way he runs. And I do feel like he's a good fit for this team. Uh, it's just a matter if the team believes in that enough to cut like a veteran running back 
or a third round draft pick. Still think we are weak on right side of O-line. Mills and Sutherland are turnstiles. Pass pro needs work. Um, I mean, yes, Mills was kind of just a late free agent addition of a veteran player. Sutherland depth, if he even makes the roster. So, you know, I do understand the concern for the pass pro, but you got to understand who's out there. You know, I, I didn't pay enough attention to Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks as I wanted to. I know Jason Poe, they're little tiny uh, offensive lineman put some good stuff on tape. So we'll see. We'll see. But you got to understand that, you know, just understand who's out there. But again, to your point, they are going also going up against second and third stream players. So they should be able to hang. Tim Ryan needs a haircut. Not a good look. LOL. Yeah, it's a funny look. It's hard for, for long haired guys to make it look like their hair is clean. I feel like, a lot of the long-haired guys I see, their hair always looks dirty. Like they need a shower. It's greasy. Am I am I the only one there? Like, I, I am not hating on the... Like, Tim Ryan, you know, he, what is he? In his 50s or 40s? Either way. The dude has a full head of hair and, and you know. So, shout out to him. Shave it or save it? Definite save. Shout out to uh, John Middlecoff and Guy Haberman. But, so, I mean, I'm not hating on Tim Ryan's beautiful locks, but... It's just a weird look. You know, he's got that nice silver fox going on, a good mix of color and grays. I've got that going on in my beard now. I'm kind of like it. Um, we're starting to get that going on, not to that extent. But again, it's like it, it never looks clean. It's weird. Anyways, maybe it's not clean. I'm not, not going to go into Tim Ryan's hygiene, but just a long-haired guy. Guys with long hair thing, I noticed. So we've got Peter Cleaver. Trey Sermon has to step up. We've hit on that. Yes, he does. He is 100% in that needing to step up spotlight. Jordan Mason's breathing down his neck. Jamichael Hasty offers kind of a different skill set. I can see why the 49ers may want to keep him around. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., we know how he runs if he's healthy. So, yeah, Trey Sermon has to step up. Alex G., Kinlaw with a sack is a great sign. We talked about Kinlaw earlier. I agree, it is a great sign. Would I have liked to have seen more? Yes, but maybe that's a bit too hasty for me. Ha, boom, I think there's actually one of those drums in here. Let me look. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to turn this up. I don't know if this is going to work. I've, I don't know if I've ever done one of these in the pod. Let me hit this. Hope. There you go. Why does it keep going? Stop. It was on like auto repeat. That's horrible. I don't want to auto repeat it. Would have been funny if it just did it once. Just kept doing the, the same beat over and over. Dude, hopefully that wasn't obnoxiously loud and I didn't just blow out your speakers. None of the sound effects on my little sound wave thing looked obnoxiously loud. So. And hopefully it just worked. But anyways, if it didn't work, I pressed a little button that plays little drum sound effects. Um, like almost like the joke one. But it just kept playing it over and over and it ruined my joke. Javon Kinlaw, I like what I saw. He's still working his way back, so I'm not going to go too hard on him. I just thought maybe if he was going to go up against backup offensive linemen, which I'm assuming he was, he would kind of throw some people around a little bit more. But we'll give him some time. Sacktown Niner game 916 said Mason is legit. I do think Mason's legit. I like the way he runs. He looks big too. You see him in person. He just looks like it would be unpleasant to try to tackle him. So we'll see. I'm assuming Mason might get a decent amount of snaps in the 49ers final uh, preseason game. So we'll see. We'll see if, if he can maintain this pace. Zachary Greer, we don't need Trey when we have Sudfield and Purdy in the quarterback switcheroo offense. Uh, I agree. I I do feel like the 49ers should probably trade 
Trey Lance, while he's got a, a decent amount of stock, don't let him get out there in the regular season to ruin it. And then just roll with the uh, the Nate Sudfeld, Brock Purdy's quarterback switcheroo offense. Uh, hopefully you guys are picking up the humor in that because there's a lot of it. Genesis asked, they keep three cute quarterbacks? I don't think so. Uh, the 49, I mean, the, you got to think about the 49ers roster. In comparison to the quarterbacks, you know, like if the 49ers are keeping three quarterbacks, then they're having to cut down on one running back or they're having to cut down on one wide receiver or they're having to keep one less defensive end or defensive lineman. And to me, neither of these quarterbacks are worth not necessarily compromising the depth on your roster, but just dropping a player at a position, you know, that, that you had making your roster. Like, I don't feel like Brock Purdy, and I could eat these words, you know, the 49ers drafted him, but he was Mr. Irrelevant, essentially the first undrafted free agent. I'm not necessarily sure if anybody in the league is kicking down the door to claim Brock, Brock Purdy if they cut him on waivers. I don't know. I could That could definitely be wrong. He has looked solid. But I do not think they keep three quarterbacks, Genesis. I, I just don't think they feel like they can spare that at other rosters spots. Uh, Rocha Entertainment, 49ers continue to show why they are one of the deepest teams in the NFL. I agree. Uh, and I think that's a good takeaway to pair with Genesis because the 49ers do have great depth. They are making plays late in preseason games, and they don't look out of control. A lot of the times in these late preseason games, the action just starts to look kind of gross compared to what we're used to seeing. The 49ers have looked good, especially on their defensive line. They've continued to make turnovers. They just continue to play a decent brand of football that's at least watchable. And that just is a testament to their depth. And, I mean, you look at all the players on their defensive line and you just go through the names. I'm just going to start at the top. You've got Eric Armstead, Kevin Atkins, shout-out to Fresno State, Alex Barrett, Nick Bosa, Samson Abicam, Kevin Givens, Kerry Hyder Jr., Drake Jackson, Charles Omenahu, Keep Contain Charles, Hassan Ridgeway, Akeem Spence, Kimoko Ture, Jordan Willis, Javon Kinlaw, you know, like, and then if, if I were to sort through that, players that have, like, made an impact that we've seen in a uniform make an impact, Javon Kinlaw, Jordan Willis, uh, Kamoko Ture, not necessarily an impact on the 49ers, but we've seen him already in preseason games. I think he's going to make the roster and be a good rotational player. So that's three already. Hassan Ridgeway, a veteran player that, if he gets healthy, could could have an impact on the interior. Charles Omenahu, we've already seen it in games uh, late last season. Drake Jackson, second-round pick. Kerry Hyder, I'm already at six. Kevin Givens, we've even seen getting some action. Samson Ebukam really came on strong last year uh, towards the end of the season. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. So I think I got to 10, 9 or 10, and that may be how many defensive linemen they take, and that's not including some of the other players on that list that they may feel have, you know, some, you know, something to show. So it's – um. It's going to be interesting to see roster cuts, but that also is is part of the reason why I don't think they keep three quarterbacks. They've got some serious depth. They're already going to be cutting good players. So, I mean, why would you want to waste another roster spot on a quarterback that, unless you are in some serious shit, will never see the roster throughout the season? Uh, Mano, we have no center that's capable on the team. Uh, I mean, Maybe. I've heard good things about Jake Brendel. He's looked pretty good in the offseason. Um, we're still kind of waiting to see if 
Daniel Brunskill can fill that role, but it looks like he's kind of getting beat out by Jake Brendel. So we'll see. Now, I would agree with you in the fact that we don't have any option that like inspires confidence, like that you think that you're like it's jazzed about being the center, but that's where we are. And you know, if you think about that, and then you think about two rookie guards, like ugh, it could get ugly. Could get ugly. 49ers are, and the last thing the 49ers want to do is freaking trot Trey Lance out there with an interior offensive line that's going to force him out of the pocket almost every snap. Like, hopefully, that's not what we're setting ourselves up to witness. Uh, A. A. Ron, man, A. A. Ron's been in the in the mentions for a minute. Shout out to A. A. Ron at Burn Unit. I mean, I remember him jumping in the green rooms that we would have with Crocker. Uh, he's been in mailbags. He's just he's been around. So shout out to uh, A. A. Ron. Hey, hey, Ron. No, hey, hey, Ron here. What about Jay Quillen? Anyways, Brock Purdy is Nick Mullins plus. I think that's a great comparison. I don't know if the plus needs to be there. You could just say Brock Purdy is Nick Mullins, is Nick Mullins, and that would still do Brock Purdy justice because we know what Nick Mullins was for a short period of time. No, it didn't turn into some backup undrafted prodigy, but I like that. I do think that, that there's some, some Nick Mullins in his game. Like I said, Purdy was running around. He was doing some things that kind of just looked nice. I was like, okay, open up my eyes a little bit. Oh, I see you. All right, Josh. Josh has got five takeaways. Something tells me we've probably already hit some of them, but let's roll. Trey Sermon needs to make the decision hard for Lynch and co. on Thursday. Yes, he does. We talked about that. Yes, he does. Justin School, Davis Mills, and it's not key for Sutherland because that is the actor from 24. What's Kiefer? It's Keaton Sutherland. Why has nobody talked about that? You got Kiefer Sutherland, a famous actor, and Keaton Sutherland, 49ers offensive lineman. Are they related? That would be awesome. He looks like he could be. What if he is? I almost am tempted to look that up right now. Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, there he is. Let's get on that Wikipedia page. Does he have a family? Does he have a son? Children, Sarah Sutherland. No, no, dang it. It didn't happen. Oh, that would have been so cool. Maybe they're leaving him out. Maybe they don't want uh, um, Keaton Sutherland to overshadow his actor dad. Anyways. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. Let's get back to the, uh, okay. School, Mills, and Sutherland all need to get cut. Justin School has been pretty horrific all offseason. He's been pretty bad at training camp. He had two um, false starts. I think at, during one two-play series, he gave up a false start, and then on the very next play, he gave up a pressure to end the drive. So Justin School has been – it's been pretty rough. Davis Mills was just a – he was just a veteran free agent addition to kind of give them somebody at the position. I don't necessarily think he was always going to make the roster. Um, I'm not going to get too much into roster cuts. I, one of my next episodes – it could be the next episode. I'm not sure. Um, we're going to do the roster cut stuff. I told you about that. Remember, I'm going to let them cut those next five players, and then I'm going to do my roster cut predictions. So my my ratio of correct players is just a little higher, just inflated a little bit. Number three, D-line will be stacked again. DJ who? I agree. It's going to be stacked. Don't necessarily know if anybody's going to step up quite to the effect that DJ Jones did. Uh, that's Javon Kinlaw's job for the taking, but I feel you. Uh, 49ers now have options at cornerback. K1 who? Okay. Okay. Now there's a little bit more validity, validity to that because K1 had a great career with the 49ers. Just four or five years he had. Uh, very good. Just a, one of the more reliable players the 49ers had on defense. But he really started to fall off at the end of last season. And it could have been injuries. But now you've got young guys competing at that spot. You know, Samuel Womack, uh, Quantrez Knight. Um, what are the other guys I was looking at earlier? You got a couple guys that are competing for that role. Uh, you know, Diamador Lenore has looked good. I I think they kind of want him on the outside. But, yeah, I agree. They've got some exciting depth there that you hope continue to develop. Uh, number five, special teams would be better. Book it. I agree. I was noticing that. The special teams look looks much, much improved. Much improved. Let me see if this side has any kind of special teams statistics. I mean, Mitch Wisnowski averaged 52 yards a punt. That's huge. He put one, two punts inside the 20. One of them made his way up to the one-yard line. The 49ers averaged 7.7 .7 yards a punt return. It's okay. And then um, Marcus Johnson had a 38-yard return on special teams. So I think you are uh, – I think you're on it on there, Josh. I think that's a good takeaway. I think the special teams will be better. And uh, we'll see what we're going to get with Ray Raymond Cloud back there. Faithful Hodge – and uh, Faithful Hodge, another guy that's just been around a minute. Like, And I think I sat next to him when the 49ers – uh, beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game to send them to the Super Bowl. So shout out to Hodge, man. He's just a, a real positive 49ers fan. I always see him sharing love with the community. Niners are going to have to make some tough cuts, and quite a few of those guys will make it on another squad. This team's look deep. This team looks deep, 100%. Uh, absolutely. That is a great problem to have, too. The 49ers have a good football team. That means other rosters are looking at the 49ers roster to see who they can poach, and that's 100% going to happen. Um, BMAC Jordan Mason, may, Jordan Mason made me a believer. I think he pushed someone off the team more than likely sermon. It's just tough for me to believe it'll be sermon right now because of he's a third round pick from two years ago. You know, teams have moved on from players faster before, but I'm not sure if Kyle Shanahan and his stubborn ass is ready to call it on sermon. Would it shock me? Like I said earlier, no, but I think that I, what I'm trying to do is just make sure everybody out there is not like, Sermon's gone. How could they have kept him? I can't believe it. 
Should they? Maybe. I'm just not ready, ready to accept the reality yet. Peter Dyson, Trey Sermon clearly not taking his opportunity serious. Cut him. Brock Purdy showing more clutch plays and rawness than Sudfield. Just needs time. Two mil for a quarterback mentor. I'm okay with. Okay. Okay. I think that all, I mean, that all checks out with everything we've already said. Yeah. Rod Purdy showed some just clutchness. It was weird. It was weird. I was like, okay, let's go. Uh, Sograz. Kellen Mond is not good. I agree. Hasn't looked good. Also, I'm not convinced that Jennings deserves more snaps than Gray and even maybe Ray Ray McLeod. Third wide receiver rotation should be in the works. Great, great point. Jawan Jennings has not, did not look great all offseason. He was just okay. He wasn't creating separation. He was dropping passes. Look, Juwan Jennings can can be a, a big wide receiver that doesn't separate. That's fine. But when the ball comes anywhere near your catch radius, you have got to catch the damn thing. And he had drops today against the Vikings. He had drops in the offseason. Uh, I, did he have drops against the Packers? I want to say he did, but I don't want to. I don't want to confidently say he did. So it, it would not surprise me at all if Danny Gray or and or Ray Ray McLeod eat into Juwan Jennings' third wide receiver rotation. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, decent offseason. We know what he brings to the table on special teams. And the Danny Grays look great. Danny Gray made a catch that he was out of bounds, but Brock Purdy threw it to him. They were, they were driving the field. Brock Purdy threw him a deep pass down the left sideline. Danny Gray jumps up, spins in the air, catches it, comes down, was just out of bounds, probably could have ran the route in a way that saved himself a little bit of space against the sideline. He was in the end zone. But that's a really, really – niche like critique that's that's really nitpicking so um but i do think you got a point i do think that jennings needs to worry about his place in this offense because danny gray and ray ray mcleod bring some serious speed and they give a little bit of different look than the other two receivers the 49ers have but so does juan jennings he's you know one of those big slots so we'll see chris sims might want to rethink his oh this is tim sloper uh, Chris Sims might want to rethink his Mond is a better prospect than Lance evaluation. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think that's worth rethinking. I do. Zenish. The Kinlaw hype might just be real. Large number of snaps. Yes, he did. Constantly collapsing the center of the Dean line. See, that's where maybe Zen has was paying more attention to Kinlaw than I was. And maybe something like pro football focuses uh, pressure numbers would better reflect the performance he had. I'm not necessarily going off just the box score. I don't want you guys to think that. But I did expect him to see him kind of fucking shit up, for lack of a better term, a little bit more. But uh, maybe Zen was doing a better job watching Kinlaw than I was, and maybe he really was messing up that pocket more than I'm giving him credit for. Definitely not saying Kinlaw had a bad game. But anyways, Drake Jackson's technique and knowledge is going to catch up to his freaky athleticism by the playoffs. I think that's a great point. Drake Jackson has done some stuff already that make you go, okay, I see it. I see it. And if he works out, that will be a steal for the 49ers because they were smart to target an edge rusher in a deep edge clash when they didn't have a first round pick that made that pick have more value than it should have. Um, and, uh, if that works out, then that would be a nice little, uh, feather in John Lynch's cap. We'll see. Just in time for him to absolutely go off opposite Bosa. Okay. Yeah. I like it, Zen. I like it. Like I said, maybe you were watching Kill on more than me and you saw a little bit more than I did. Um, I'm going to hit refresh on my takeaways one more time. I'm making sure that nobody else jumped in 
Um, scrolling down. No, I think we got them all. I think we're good. Wait, we got stuff streaming jump down channel. Oh, uh, guy person. This guy's Twitter name is guy person, man. I got stuck streaming the game, jumped around channels as they got shut down. Anyway, 49ers broadcast is 10 times better than the Vikings. From what I heard from the Vikings broadcast, I would have to agree. Those Vikings broadcasters seemed a little upset. A little upset. It's just the overall vibe of the game. Can't be doing a gritty. Anyways. All right. I love it. I love the takeaways. That was a good turnout on the takeaways. I love it. Thank you for doing that. I am I am putting my stamp on it. This is going to be a post-game reaction mainstay throughout the season. So get used to it. After the game is over, whether or not you're a big Twitter user or not, if you listen to this podcast, jump on Twitter, reply to my takeaway time tweet, and that way that we can end our post-game reaction podcast with these takeaways. I love it. You guys are providing me content. You know, it's not just me and my thoughts this whole time. And you get to get your voices out into uh, into the 49ers Twitter sphere. So, anyways, I love y'all. That's it for today. I am going to the 49ers next preseason game is Thursday, I believe. It's Saturday. Now, I'm back at school next week. Things are going to be a little crazy. I will try and record an episode before that game. Um, but at the absolute latest, you will hear me on Thursday after that game. And I was making a habit of recording on Thursdays. Anyways, uh, I may jump on before that game. But if not, just know that the next time we're going to be on here, we're going to be hitting more takeaways. So don't forget, after the game, jump on my Twitter, find that tweet, and let's let's get your takeaways. And this is going to go all the way into the regular season. So, all right. if you If you're listening right now jump on whatever app you're listening to leave us a review befitting the podcast hopefully that's five star five stars hopefully it's all love um if not i appreciate your honesty anyway make sure you're recommending it to your friends downloading subscribing all that stuff that shows up on a spreadsheet i appreciate it thank you for making striking gold what it is but speaking of what it is you you know what you know what has to happen at some point i'm gonna get out of here and i gotta stop rambling so thank you for listening to striking gold But for another episode, I'm Rob, and we are signing out. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.